0: Hey everyone, it's been a 007 back for another 10 minute movie review, which as some of you have pointed out may or may not actually be 10 minutes. Today we are going to talk about Alexander Payne's glorious new film The Holdovers and Christos Niku's film Fingernails, which has no adjective because it's less good. Alexander Payne is probably best known to use the director of Election, one of his best ever films. But in recent times, I've had a somewhat difficult relationship with this director. His film Downsizing played the BFI London Film Festival in 2017 and I found it both unfunny and indeed racially offensive. So it is with great joy that I can tell you that his latest film is just absolutely beautiful and I think really in the top three of his earth. It's a film that is funny, effective, it's just plain human. It, it takes its time, it's unhurried. And by the end of it, I feel you really know and understand and feel empathy with these wonderful characters. And it has an emotional payoff that is really earned over its two hours plus running time. The story takes place in an elite boarding school in the American East Coast in 1970. So it definitely has a kind of dead poet society feel to it. It's an environment of extreme privilege, rubbing up against a world of extreme social inequality, and it reminded me a little bit of university when there was definitely a town versus gown anxiety. We're very aware, I feel, that these are very rich young men who are going to the school um, and that they're exempt from all of life's harshness, including, because it's 1970, getting drafted and going to die in Vietnam. And within this school, the centre of the story is a very disliked, strict and mean-spirited, apparently, classics teacher called Mr Hunnam, who is played by Paul Giamatti. He is punished, essentially, by his headmaster because he's failed a rich kid whose father is a big donor to the school. And his punishment is to have to stay in school over Christmas and steward the handful of kids who can't go home for Christmas, including some whose parents live far overseas, or some whose parents are maybe just too busy enjoying life to have their annoying boarding school kids home for the for the holiday. Without giving away too much of the plot, events, dear boy events, soon shrink the holdovers down to three people. So you have... Mr. Hunnam, the school cook, Mary, who is played by Divine Joy Randolph, and the very troubled but smart student, Angus, played by a newcomer called Dominic Sessa, who I haven't seen before, but really impressed me in this film. And as the film unfolds, we realise that each of these three characters have their own issues to work through, have a proper character arc. In particular, I was really worried that the African-American cook, Mary, was going to be treated As a bit of a sidekick and afterthought, many decades watching film would teach me to expect that she would not be a fully realised and actuated individual. But I'm pleased to say that her character is as built out as the teacher and pupil. And as we follow them on a quote-unquote field trip to Boston... We get to know them better and their interactions deepen. And I don't really want to say any more because I think it will spoil it. But I think that the message you take is a human one. That no one is as bad as you might think, nor as straightforward. There's just so much to love about this almost strangely old-fashioned film. The way the 1970s style is recreated in the opening credits, the costumes, the production design. But for me, it's just the lightness of touch with which this absolutely profound material is written and directed. And of course, the great performances. I think it would be justice for Paul Giamatti to be nominated for an Oscar, but I fear that this is such a sort of Quietly moving performance—it's going to get overshadowed by showier, grander performances and bigger films, which would be a great shame. And I also feel Divine Joy Randolph and Dominic Sessa equally are award-worthy. It's kind of nuts to think this is Dominic Sess's first film. It's also nuts to think that this is the first feature film script written by David Hemmingson, which I guess, if nothing else, shows you what an amazing talent spotter Alexander Payne is in spotting such an amazing script and casting it so well. Absolute kudos to all involved. This was a really quiet film. It wasn't one of the films I was expecting to blow me away at the film festival. And a couple of weeks after it finished, it's really stayed with me, and I really feel I know those characters. The holdovers play Toronto and London 2023. It has a running time of 133 minutes and is rated R. The film went on limited release in the USA this week but opens wide on November 10th. And in the UK, unfortunately, you're gonna have to wait until January the 19th to see it in cinemas. Okay, so the second film to discuss this week is Fingernails, which is... Unfortunately, I feel not quite as successful a film as The Holdovers. It's a social satire that reads like lobster light. I don't know if any of you know Lobster. It was one of the early films of Yorgos Lanthimos, who is about to release his phenomenally good poor things, but is most known for The Favourite, which won Academy Awards. So it's kind of like Lobster Light in a retconned 1980s America It kind of has shades of Michel Gondry, but with a gentler, more sporadic sense of humour. I think the problem with this film is that it's really imaginatively put together and it's quite sweet. But I think that Christos Nico has made a mistake in making a two-hour film with this material. And if you pruned it away, (laughs) there's a really cracking one-hour episode of Black Mirror at the heart of it. The high concept of the film is that couples can check if they are really in love by allowing scientists to yank off a fingernail each and run some kind of cockamamie test which will prove if they are or are not compatible. So the problem is that a lot of the couples who take this test who've been living really quite happy lives discovers that the computer says they are in fact incompatible. So what on earth do you do with that knowledge? And if you're dating someone and the computer says no, also what do you do with that knowledge? And so the center that what runs with dating, and relationship exercises run by therapists who are meant to make you more compatible with your partner. So it's kind of like relationship and sex therapy. Our protagonists in this film are Anna, who's played by the wonderful Jesse Buckley. Um, she has a boyfriend called Ryan, who is played by the Bears' Jeremy Allen White, ironically in real life, in trouble with his personal life. He's recently just left his wife, right? They're in a relationship and have apparently tested positively, but it soon becomes clear that Anna really is running through the motions and is not invested in this relationship and that becomes all the more clear when she starts falling in love with her colleague at the Love Institute played by Rogue One's Riz Ahmed. I think there's a lot of interesting social satire in here about the social pressures of the wellness industry making you second guess your own instincts and the pressure to date and settle down in modern society But I feel that we've seen this done darker, better, nastier, and frankly funnier in things like Black Mirror or even Yorgos Lanthimos' The Lobster. The only real saving grace of this version is Riz Ahmed, who is really very funny in this film. But I feel like Jesse Buckley and all that wonderful, gorgeous, sort of retro-futurist production design is just wasted on a film that's frankly underwritten and probably not as quirky and original as it thinks it is so for me fingernails i'm afraid is one to avoid but if you want to go and see it it's rated r has a running time of 113 minutes it played toronto san sebastian and london 2023 it went on limited release in the usa this weekend but will be released on apple tv next friday globally So hopefully that was helpful. Whatever you watch or don't watch this weekend, I hope you have a wonderful time. Thank you for listening.